Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast Football Season Preview! Holy shnikes, it's football season! And of course, if you followed the show, there's only two teams to cover. So for some of you, you've downloaded this, I'm really sorry. Hit the delete button, it's over. But for those that are with me, it's time to review the Packers and the Ducks. As we start another beautiful, glorious, sexy season of college and pro football. These are the only sport, this, these are the only teams I'm into, and this is the only sport I'm really into. I used to watch UFC like crazy, and then it just got boring, and so I don't watch it anymore. But I always get super hyped up for our non-political shows, and this is one of the shows I look forward to, you know. Once again, I've only done it once. It's the second year, but still, it's pretty exciting. So, we're just going to do a quick review of each team, their schedules, a little look back on last year, some silly rap mixes that go with it, and uh, I, I, I got to hit some rap songs because when I went to search for just Green Bay Packer highlights and Oregon Duck highlights, all I got was silly. I mean, just outright silly. Especially the Packer stuff, because it's a bunch of glaringly white people inserting cows in their videos doing rap songs. And what's not to like about that? So, we'll start straight in to the team that the doggone trophy is named after, for God's sake, the Vince Lombardi Trophy. And let's look at my beloved Green Bay Packers. 23 seconds to go. We're tied at 31. Rodgers in the shotgun. Here's the snap. Blitz on again. Oh. Rodgers playing side and down he goes. Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath <laughs> with a safety blitz. Timeout Green Bay. Don't know what happened in protection, but Rodgers never saw him, felt him, or thought he was protected backside there. Snap to Rodgers. Looking. Rolls left. Waits. Still looking. Throws it deep down the left side. He's got his man out of bounds on the far side. And it is I caught the by ref, Jared Cook. The Did ref, they say it was a completion? Catch. I didn't think there was any way Rocky could have come down and bounds with that. But he did. Wow. They rushed three and spied him. And they were not able to stay with Cook. And it's 36 yards. One kick away from the NFC Championship game. 51 yard. Field goal attempt. Snap. Placement. Kick. To the uprise. And it is right down yes. the middle. Good, and the Packers wow. win the game. And the Cowboys season has come to an end. A dagger delivered by Mason Crosby. Right through the heart of Texas. 
You know, when I watched that play, I watched it live. I, you know, for those that have followed the show, I, I am really weird on my football. Um, you know, the year the Packers won it in 2011, which seems like forever ago, I had stopped watching. We were just a shitty team, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, he made one of his predictions. We ran the table, which is a theme that he does again. Um, and doggone it, we got in the playoffs. And then we just started winning. And so I watched it, thinking there's no way we're going to win the Super Bowl. And we won. So this year, or last year, I do the same thing. We suck. I quit watching. And then also we get in the playoffs, and then I start watching. I think that's good luck. With the Ducks, all those years we were awesome under Chip Kelly. Uh, one year, it's against USC. You know, Mariota's, I uh, think, a junior. We are going to dog, or sophomore, I guess. Um, we're going to win the national championship. A lot of people think we are. Da, 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 da. I tune in, and wide right, and that's it. Uh, that's when the season went to shit. So I thought it was bad luck. So for with the Ducks, I never watch anything. I've never watched either one of the national championships games that we've lost. I, I didn't watch a single play. Um, I can't watch until the third quarter. That's my good luck. Um, doesn't seem to be working. Because the Ducks were atrocious last year. So, of course, I'm watching the Cowboy game. Everybody on the planet says there's no way we're going to win. At this point of the game that you just listened to, of course, I don't think we're going to win. And then that throw and that catch and then the field goal. And I'm like, holy shnikes. Holy freaking shnikes. We're going to the Super Bowl. One week later, of course, play the Falcons and the wheels fall the fuck off. So this year, you know, we picked up. Couple good tight ends. We got some decent people in the draft. We didn't lose a lot of people. The people we lost were people you can lose, and we replaced them with better people. We got House back, and you know we gave up uh, Jared, but we picked up uh, Demetrius from the freaking Patriots. I mean, the guy's a great tight end. So I mean, I think it was a good, good off season. And a lot of people are talking that we're going to be the bomb. And that scares the shit out of me right now. So from NFL.com, projected record for 2017 will be 13-3. and Aaron Rodgers will be thrown to Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Martellius Bellant this season. I guess I said his name wrong, Martellius. His name was Demetrius. I can't remember his damn name. He's very political, so I'm really kind of upset he got on our team, but whatever. So let's go ahead and get the Packers NFC North crown. This offense won't have trouble outscoring opponents. I only have the Packers dropping one game to Dallas before Week 16 when they can go into cruise control. Pivotal game, Week 2 at the Falcons. I have the Packers winning this early game because I'm not sure what Atlanta's offense will look like without Kyle Shanahan's calling the play. In two of the past three years, Green Bay has had slow starts, R-E-L-A-X. So getting this W after facing Seattle in Week 1 will have Rodgers rolling towards a season where he could win his third MVP. That is their prediction for it. Bleacher Report is the other source I'm going to for both of these. Uh, 2016 record 10 and 6. 
With everything squarely on his shoulders, Green Bay Packer quarterback Aaron Rodgers still managed to reach the NFC Championship game despite a poor secondary and little help from his wide receivers. In the offseason, the Packers lost two key offensive linemen, uh, TJ Lang and JC Treader, who was a backup, so I don't see why everybody's making such a big deal about that. And defensive back Micah Hyde. With that, with that comes some good, though, as the Packers signed tight end Martellius Bennett to add to the receiving core that consists of wide receiver Jordan Nelson and Ronald Cobb, not to mention running back Ty Montgomery. Regardless of the weaknesses, Rodgers will have the Packers exceedingly exceeding expectations. Without him, who knows where they would be. The NFC North will always be the Packers for the taking as long as Rodgers is around. Toughest game, Atlanta Falcons, the side of the team's crushing defeat in the NFC Championship game. Yes, this will be the Packers' toughest game of the season. Although Rodgers will do his best to stay in this one, their defense needs to figure out some kind of game plan for Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman. Is that possible, though? It may not be. Prove it games at Dallas Cowboys week five, Pittsburgh Steelers week 12, Seattle Seahawks week one. Hosting the Seahawks will be one of those games that show us where the NFC is. The Packers may have a slight edge, but they'll need their defense to perform at a high level. The Steelers are somewhat like the Packers in terms of productive offense led by an elite quarterback, though Rodgers carries his offense, and a defense that could use some work. This could potentially be a high-scoring affair. The game will show if the Packers can hang with some of the top teams in the AFC. Lastly, in Dallas, the Packers are familiar with this territory. Remember when they knocked out the number one seed the past postseason? Why can't they do it again? Their prediction, once again, is 13-3. and Hmm. I, uh, wow. That's pretty impressive. So, actually, looking at the schedule, it, I, I, I'm kind of surprised the 13 and 3. I mean, we got, uh, the Eagles to start off preseason August 10th, and we have the Skins, Broncos, and we're playing the Rams at home. Like they say, we have the Seahawks in our house, week one, Falcons week two, Bengals, at our house, and then we play the Bears the first time. At Cowboys, at Vikings, with the Saints. By is week eight, which is pretty doggone good. That's dead center of the doggone season. We play the Lions at homes, at the Bears, which is very interesting because we've been ending with the Bears or the Lions, and now we're stuck in this ending at the Lions thing. I don't know if they're doing that on purpose because they think the Lions going to be better. We have the Ravens at home, at Steelers, Buccaneers at home, which will be an interesting game because that team, I think it's going to be better than people think they are. Um, at Browns, at Panthers, which who the fuck knows what the Panthers are going to be like this year. Vikings at home, and of course at the Detroit Lions, New Year's Eve day. Um, we also have a, a Saturday, the 23rd game. Um with the Vikings at home. So, pretty tough schedule, really. I mean, I think, to be quite honest, a lot of these teams people are counting out. I mean, you never know what the Bengals, you never know what the Saints, you don't know what the Ravens, and the Buccaneers are a lot better than people think they are. So, I'm a little more concerned than the prognosticators seem to think we're going to be a lot better than we are. I don't know. The uh, Vegas odds... For 2018, the New England Patriots have the best odds to win Super Bowl 11 or LII or whatever the fuck we're supposed to call it. I don't know why I said 11. Uh, on the Westgate Las Vegas Super Bowl book, the Patriots open at 6 and 1 are now 3 
The defending champion Atlanta Falcons, NFC champions, are 14 and 1 behind six teams. Dallas Cowboys, who led the conference with 13 3 record, behind only the Patriots at 8 1. Other good bets to win are the Packers, Steelers, Raiders, and Seahawks. So the way it goes is Patriots, 6 to 1 odds. Then it goes Cowboys, Packers at 12 and 1, Steelers, 10 to 1 odds. Um, that, that, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong column. That was the opening odds. Now it's three to one Patriots, Cowboys eight to one, Packers ten to one, Steelers twelve to one, um, Raiders twelve to one, Seahawks twelve to one, Falcons fourteen to one, Broncos, Giants, Chiefs all twenty to one odds. Um, I think, you know, if I, if I was, you know, a professional prognosticator, I, I gotta admit, I think the team that really has a fantastic shot, and I, and I'm not saying this because I'm a homer, um, is the Titans. I mean, the Titans have a really good defense. They lost Mariota. They clubbed the Packers. They clubbed a lot of teams last year. And I wouldn't count them out in the AFC. I think a lot of people are, and I don't know why. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, the Titans win their their division. I mean, the Colts would luck out for a while, and they're just not the same team. They got a good shot in the AFC South. So um, I would not be sitting here, or surprised sitting here come <clears throat> the turn of the year, that the Titans aren't in the Super Bowl. I just got this feeling watching it. And I know I'm surrounded by nothing but Titans are going to go all the way. The Titans are the best team that ever donned uniforms. Because, you know, it's Tennessee and just like with the Falls. Every year the Falls are winning it all. They're the best team ever. And that's all I ever hear. Um, I got a soundbite I got to play from uh, Packer Report. And it's a homer, but I am a homer. So what the hell? Here's their prediction for the Green Bay Packers upcoming season. What is up guys? Slump here and today I am bringing you yet another 2017 NFL season preview. Today we'll be looking at the Kings of the North, the Green Bay Packers. Now the Green Bay Packers are a team that constantly get us week by week game predictors just heated, okay? Because they start off slow for some unknown reason. Aaron Rodgers kills everybody's confidence and he's like, you know what, just relax. We're making it to the playoffs. And they go on a miraculous run to end the season and make the playoffs. It's something that frustrates me a lot when it comes to predicting the Packers season. Last season, I had them going 12-4 and and a first round bye, I believe. But that didn't happen. They did still, however, give us a fantastic season. Can Aaron Rodgers have an MVP season and lead this team to your number one seed in the NFC this season? And with that being said, guys, this is my 2017 season preview for the Green Bay Packers. Now, this offseason for the Green Bay Packers was pretty could okay now i'm very upset about you guys letting you know jc treader and this man tj lang walk especially when you guys let josh Sidden leave last season and he ultimately went to the rival team the chicago bears now tj lang did a very similar thing and he went to the detroit lions i don't know what it is with these packers players just 
stabbing them. I don't know why they're trying to backstab this team so much. They continue to go to the rival teams, which I find hilarious. But it is what it is, okay? Now, this offensive line is best known for its pass blocking abilities, which is why this these two guys, alright, they're not going to be missed that much. Now, Brian Bulaga, David Bakhtari, this man Lindsley, you guys still have some solid pieces on the offensive line. I just want this man Jari Evans to come back into his original 2014-2015 New Orleans Saints form. His, his What he did for the Seahawks last season was very abysmal, okay? You guys need him to step it up if you guys want to keep up that level, same level of intensity on the offensive line. Now, you guys let Jared Cook go to the Oakland Raiders, good, okay? He didn't play much for you guys last season, and in return, you guys got Martellus Bennett. A very good run blocking tight end who's going to help in both uh, run game and pass game. So I'm very excited for that pickup. Now Micah Hyde was the best, the best scenario you guys could have done, alright? You guys let Micah Hyde walk and you guys bring in Josh Jones, the safety from North Carolina State, who I was very fond of coming out of the draft. And Kevin King, listen guys, I know you guys are all hyped up on Kevin King. The only reason Kevin King will not end up becoming a bust is because of the situation the Green Bay Packers are currently in. I mean, you guys have the best trio of safeties out of the, in the entire league. Morgan Burnett, Hawk Clinton Dix, and now Josh Jones. Congrats, okay? These guys are the guys that are going to help this man, Kevin King, reach his full potential. And I believe he's going to play, he's going to play similar to, you know, the prime of Sean Smith. I see his ceiling as, like, Sean Smith. I literally see him as a Sean Smith clone as of right now. So that was a great pickup. Now, Lance Kendricks was also a pretty solid pickup, so I'm not mad about that. And now you guys do have two solid cornerbacks. So, it, things are looking up for the Green Bay Packers secondary. Even though, you know, you guys gave us Casey Hayward, I am liking where this team secondary is going. Now, the one, the one move, like, I'm telling you, you guys did pretty, you guys did pretty well this offseason, okay? For every loss, you guys made a comeback and got better. You guys let this man Julius Peppers walk. It wasn't even got, like, you know, you just kept Nick Perry. I wanted y'all to keep Nick Perry opposed to, you know, bringing back Julius Peppers' 40-year-old self because Nick Perry finally had an explosion. He finally had a career year, putting up 11 sacks this past season, and you guys extended him for five more years. I am happy you guys did this. Hopefully, he can continue the same level of play because he, with the addition of Von Travius Adams, this team is just looking up, man. I, I am excited for what this defense brings. It, this defense is probably going to be a top 18. I'm just going to say top 18 right now because I don't know how things are going to go in their first years altogether. But I, I like the potential on this defense. You know, even though the defense is looking up, the offense is even looking better as well. Now, like I said, the offensive line is looking like it's going to become more and more bleak. But right now, as this offense just gaining more talent, like Malachi Dupree, I believe you guys snagged Malachi in the 7th round, if I'm not mistaken. He is someone who I saw as a 4th round, 3rd round talent. Somebody, a, play, a player, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, can just chuck up one of his signature Hail Marys and come down with it. Now, Devontae Adams, back-to-back, -back, solid years. It is kind of stupid. For anybody to ever doubt this man and ever claim that he's not a solid wide receiver and he's just a product from Aaron Rodgers. This man Devontae Adams is the solidified number two wide receiver on this team and he has dethroned Randall Cobb. 
Now with Jordy Nelson, we already know, right? He came back from an ACL injury and completely dominated it. I'm not too sure he'll come back and play at that exact same level of intensity due to the fact that this team just getting more and more talents. The one thing I want this team to do better, and I want the entire NFC North to do better, other than the Chicago Bears now, because the Chicago Bears got a top five running back in Jordan Howard, is to run the ball more effectively. Now, the Green Bay Packers selected Jamal Williams, okay? And I'm not even going to talk about him yet. Right now, we're going to be talking about the dual versatile running back slash wide receiver that you guys currently have. And his name is Ty Montgomery. Now, Ty Montgomery made the switch from running back, no wide receiver to running back, and he did okay. There was, right when, right when he became running back, I went on fantasy, I went on ESPN fantasy, picked him up on my team because when it comes to players like him they just harass teams defenses because you don't know what to expect they come in and slash everything now with him fully devoting this offseason to running back work and running back training he will only get better Jari Evans like I said though he will have to step it up Ripkowski He's back. The one thing the Green Bay Packers are always solid on, it is the fullback position. I, it's, it's just one of those positions they can never have full, a bad fullback. Now with Jamal Williams, I want to talk about this hype real quick, okay? Right now, a lot of Green Bay Packers fans think he's the second coming of Adrian Peterson. Why? Now, I am very, I'm very high on this kid. I think he will make a, sub a substantial impact for this team. But to think that he's going to reach 1,000 rushing yards in his rookie season? Nah, chill it. Alright, dial it down a bit. This is a scenario with every team that drafted a running back earlier on. I don't get it, but it is what it is. He is a solid running back, and I think he will be good, but don't expect him to be the feature back. Ty Montgomery is clearly going to be the one carrying most of the load. So with the loss of Eddie Lacy... The two running backs you guys have right now, I think they will do solid, even though Eddie Lacy should have a bounce back here in Seattle. Don't get too unmotivated. Now, the one thing I want to touch up on, as you guys are now seeing my season pre uh, prediction, complete prediction, game by game prediction for the Green Bay Packers, is Mike McCarthy. Now, this is the last year of his career, in my opinion. Now, if the Green Bay Packers don't win the Super Bowl, say goodbye. Say goodbye. He's not going to be here. When you have the number one quarterback in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, and you only have one Super Bowl ring to show for it, that is where things get troubling, okay? You guys have targeted defensive players first in the draft for basically the six past years, I'm pretty sure of. Now, the defense is not looking bad this year. The offense is looking great like it always is with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. If this man fails to get to the Super Bowl, Green Bay... You guys better ride. Now, right now, I have the Packers going 11-5. Like I said, I'm not going to be extremely high on this team for the regular season, okay? The Green Bay Packers just play around in the regular season. They really don't care. They really only care about the postseason, which is the good thing. I mean, why not? Last year, they came in, completely killed the uh, New York Giants. They then went to Dallas and completely embarrassed not even embarrassed. Okay, in the first half, you guys embarrassed them, but they came back. Then Jared Cook had the catch of the year. But yeah, 11-5 and five is my prediction. Now, the biggest game of the season is going to be the Cowboys versus the Packers, in which I have the Green, uh, Green Bay Packers losing. Like I said, they don't do, they don't try in the regular season. 
They try frustrating and making their, their opponents feel great and getting their fans mad like y'all, right? So I'm not too worried about that. But if the Green Bay Packers actually have a very lopsided victory over the Dallas Cowboys in the regular season, then it is time for me to predict that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. So yeah, guys, that is my 2017 season preview for the Green Bay Packers. If you enjoyed this at all, make sure to leave a like and most importantly, subscribe if you are new. Have a good one, guys. Peace out. I'm going to go with a more reserved prediction. I say we're 11-5. and five. I say we win the North because I don't think the Vikings have improved that much. I don't think the Lions can get their shit together. And the Bears are the Bears. And I hate to curse my team, but I don't see us going to the Super Bowl. I just don't think our defense is good enough. Um, we haven't done enough to improve the defense. They haven't drafted enough to improve the defense. We're kind of stuck on stupid, and it's defense. It's not offense. The offense is a timing offense. You're going to have your slump games. You're going to have your problems. But Rodgers is Rodgers. He just pulls shit out of his ass. And I won't stop thinking that he can pull shit out of his ass until he stops pulling shit out of his ass. I mean, the guy is just good. I mean, that 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 play that I preceded this segment that he drew on the floor of the doggone Jerry's World Stadium. I mean, for fuck's sake. That's some crazy shit. That shouldn't have happened. Not in the NFL. But it did. And the guy just has the ability to pull games out of the fire. Put the whole team on his back. And unlock, unlike my beloved Favre, who I still love. And I, I mean not to demean him. He doesn't get careless with the ball. There's a big difference. Um, Favre, you, you just knew Favre really, 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 really was going to throw a doggone interception event eventually. You just knew it. It was happening in a matter of time. He was going to get careless and he was going to chuck that shit. But before we go into some fun shit, the odds makers have the Tennessee Titans 40 to one. So if I am right, which I think I'm going to be. Um, just remember this podcast that I called the Titans. I, I just got this feeling the Titans. I, I don't think, you know, New England's awesome, but in the Belichick years, you know, they have the great years, they have the bad years. And, and I think that's going to be a bad year for the, to the they're not going to be shitty, but I'm just going to say they're not going to pull it out like they always do. And they're not going to have all the last minute, exceptionally awesome personnel decisions that pulled some jackass that got kicked off a team. I mean, you know, Belichick's the man. He's the best coach there is and probably will ever be in my lifetime. But I, I just got a feeling this isn't their year. Last year was their year. This year isn't their year. And with the NFL the way it is, it's always some fresh blood. So, as stated, when I was searching for just sound effects to play for this, like that one, one play, I ran into all sorts of stupid. So, I want to have some fun and play a montage of Green Bay Packer rap songs. The only one I know is the little Wayne, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, which really is annoying, but it is, you know, very popular online. But by the time I'm done, I'm just going to play excerpts from about 10 rap songs 
that people did online. Their parodies of, you know, Taylor Swift's Shake It Off, um, Cheese Head Baby, Cheese Head with Attitude, uh, Lady Gaga's Poker Face, Deaf Crew, the Green Bay Packer Anthem, Higher Education Presents, Feeling So Fly Like a Cheese Head. I don't know where that one came. The uh, Maroon 5 Moves Like Rogers. My Green and Gold Snapback. Uh, Packer Backer. And a music video with Run the Table. On the back side, we'll play uh, a couple other ones like, uh, well, I'll preface them when I get there. So enjoy this montage of really bad rap music done by people like me who should never rap. Oh, gosh darn it, don't you know, I'm a cheese 
Lombardi.
Uh, Aaron Rodgers with the wrist. wrist. Eddie Lacy with the truck stick. Clint Dix with the pick. Quick to pick the quarterback and get the upset. We got the NFC North sick. We got the NFC North lit. Face of the North and the North face. Winning the game is the score check. Stay on their radar. Big 52, we got Clay on their radar. They make plans of the playoffs. They know we gon' take off. They see in Green Bay on their radar. They talking offense and defense. They know that we decent. They play us. They better watch JR. Number 18 on the bench. When we come back, it's Liddy again. He gon' play like he hates y'all. They gon' hit when we a title tap. Ain't the secret, this pack city. Mike McCarthy with the plate call. When we touch down, that's a rack city. Old line on the goal line. Out route so the backs get it. Linebacks better slide down. When we drive down, back to back, win it. We win again. Yeah. They counted us out now. We lead the division again. At the top of the round, 17 and Jody with the head. AR 12 with the Divas, you know that we winning again. AR 12 with the Divas, you know that we winning again. They don't want to see the squad. They just watch us beat the line. They don't want to see us lift the number 52 and hit you from the side. Winning again, winning again. We got the division again. Winning again, winning again. They know that we got the division again. I'm actually shocked at something. <laughs> I mean, good lord. It goes on for days, which shows that my fandom is definitely down a couple notches compared to some people on the planet. So, I. All I can say is, once again, 11-5, we're going to win the North, and I don't think we make the Super Bowl, but God, please prove me wrong, Packers. We're going to lead out with a uh, run-the-table video that I found, which is pretty neat, because once again, year before was relax, and we did well, and then he said we're going to run the table, and we made it to playoffs when we weren't even going to win the division, and... uh you know, Aaron Rodgers is just the man. So we're going to play Run the Table, and we're going to go into my beleaguered duckies. Wrap up this Washington victory. Here comes so They lost to Green Bay in the playoffs. You've got to be careful. You can't circle back. I don't want to yeah. talk about Superman's cape too hard, right? sitting back and saying, okay, if it's all about Aaron Rodgers, if you're telling me he's the quote-unquote best quarterback in football, then I'm going to tell you that through last year and through the first two games of this year, overrated and overhyped. If he's that good, I'm, I'm saying I'll believe it when I see it, and I don't see it enough. So what, what am I supposed to say? He's great. Look, he, he, he can't can't even carry Tom Brady shoes. That, that's listen. Th this this guy, th this guy is overrated. <laughs> no, it's not overreaction. He's not Tom Brady. Can we just get that straight once and for all? All I heard, he didn't have Jordan Nelson last year, so he's had him back, and now I'm here. Well, they haven't gotten their chemistry back, their rhythm back. Baloney, they haven't. He said after the game, he was going to go home, have scotch, and watch the tape. Are we sure he didn't have scotch before the game? 
because he, he, those throws he was making, he had to be drunk. There is no, there is no way wow. that Aaron Rodgers, the Aaron Rodgers, and and Greg, you said this year it started in Denver. Since week eight of last year, he's 25th out of 30 qualified pass rating. That's what he is. Completion percentage, he's dead last. Yards per attempt, he's dead last. And, you know, I'm not in the excuse-making business because, you know, when he had Greg Jennings and, and, and Donald Driver and Jermichael Finley, nobody wanted to give those guys any credit. It was all Aaron Rodgers. Did you see those numbers? 45 touchdowns, four interceptions. It was all Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. Good question. The only thing that has changed are the receivers. That is still Aaron Rodgers. Everybody says he's still statistically in his prime. So the only difference, there's no driver, there's no Jennings, there's no Finley. So, so what's going on? Mike, Mike McCarthy, was call, you said it with the play calling. So Mike McCarthy called plays in those Super Bowl seasons. In those years you won the MVP, he's calling plays now. So what is it? And right now, he's not. He, he's Aaron Rodgers, and you still would love to have him. But as you mentioned, Skip, he is not the best quarterback in the National Football League. And we need to stop making excuses for why this has happened. Let's put some of this blame on Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't even so much, it wasn't solely him. The media spent it to, spent it to where everything was always great with his play, but there was always something wrong with the receiving end of the play well, if there was open. an issue. You just couldn't get over And so I think it almost ha has handicapped him to where he's never really had to self-assess. He's never really had to self-reflect. Why? Because everyone's always projected it somewhere else. But now the, the focus is on him. They will not win if he doesn't play better. He's not as accurate. When moving, he's not as accurate. He's not as special. Don't give me its play calling because they've switched play callers in the last couple of years. McCarthy's got it again. It ain't play calling. There's been no injury to him. Jordy Nelson is back. It's the same head coach who was winning years ago with him, and his numbers have absolutely plummeted. He's up for career lows. They lost all three home division games last year and needed a Hail Mary to even beat Detroit at Detroit. Teddy Bridgewater won this division last year with 14 touchdown passes. Green Bay has not won in this division for years. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. I think uh, the offense is starting to click. Uh, a little bit more. We just got to put together a game where we're consistent from the first snap to the last. We've been, uh, I think, getting close to that. We've really been clicking at times in the last few games, but I just feel like it just takes one. We get one under our belts, things might start rolling for us, and we can run the table. Line led by Aaron Rodgers. He'll turn 33 years old on Friday. The team has struggled. They've won only one of the last five games. Green Bay. Rodgers, a quick pop for a touchdown to Devontae Adams. With the difficulties they're having on defense, that's the loss of 
A key player to the end zone and a catch made in traffic. Devontae Adams, his second touchdown of the game. You can't throw the ball any better than that. The trades and it took so much time that Wentz had nowhere to go except into the arms of Mike Daniels. Second and ten from the Green Bay 45-yard line. Wentz that throw sailed out of his hand high, intercepted by Ha Ha Clinton Dix. First down, Aaron Rodgers after the play fake, throwing deep, and looking for Adams who makes the over-the-shoulder catch. He's had a big night, he beat Leotis McKelvin. would like to force a field goal attempt keep it a one score game oh, Rodgers throws wide open another big catch by Adams breaks a tackle from Nolan Carroll and weaves down to the three yard line Touchdown by a running back this year, and that finally changes. Aaron Ripkowski. Chance to run the table leading up to last night's game. The winning streak is now at a total of one, folks. With five games left, the Packers are at home against the Texans, Seahawks, Ad Bears, home against the Vikings, and finished with the Lions. So we asked you on Twitter, will the Packers run the table? The results are in. 76% say they will not. Mr. Smith? I agree with that. I think they'll lose to either Seattle or Detroit. I can see them winning for the next five. They're going against three non-offensive teams as far as I'm concerned, Houston, Chicago, and Minnesota. But nevertheless, I don't see them running the table and winning it all. And plus, even if they did, that would give them 10 wins, and I don't know if that would be enough. So I don't see the Packers making the postseason. I see at least two losses here, maybe even three. I guess maybe they could go four and one. They have a 7% chance, according to the analytics. Do they win the division? Who? Cool. Packers. No, I'm picking Detroit. They're third right now. I think I'm picking, picking Detroit to win the division. I'm saying the Packers are not going to win the division and not making the playoffs. That said, Aaron Rodgers has been Superman before when they've needed it and has elevated them above where they should be. And it's not impossible he could do that again. Not the way I saw him play last night. That, to me, looked like Aaron Rodgers with the ass on his chest. That for Aaron Rodgers could win four the next five, and it would still have them at nine and seven. Yeah. It's not going to be good enough. Eagles are done? Yes. Eagles are done. Packers are done. Yeah, I agree. Got time. He's got Griffin. Griffin. 
Loses the football and scooped up by Burnett. Burnett's racing down the sideline, and he is caught from behind. Oh, high blood love is gonna get you. Up to the left, second and six. And Rodgers. Buying time. Goes, and it is caught for the touchdown. Randall Cobb with the catch. And a snow angel. All you need is to break away. Keep telling yourself there's no shame. Third and one. Able to pick it up. Boy, the time Montgomery. They need six for the first. Rodgers looks it. Here's caught. It's Nelson. He battled against Jackson for the football, and he came down with it. Maybe they'll get the carry. Another one inside. Rutkowski. Texans with him to the end zone. My gosh. Lowest man wins, right? Rodgers. Now to his right downfield. He's got Adams. Adams. Welcome to week 14. Second and three, Montgomery right side now. He's got a first down and more. Out of bounds, forced out by Stephen Terrell. down, Wilson steps into it, he's picked, intercepted by Burnett, his receiver fell down, and Burnett out of bounds near the 25. Yet. 
Low snap. Rodgers time. Touchdown, Nelson. They start the second half with a ball. Here's a throw. Downfield pass. Intercepted. Back the other way, Randall. As he stepped in for the ball one. It's a man, and it's another pick off the chest of Baldwin. Intercepted by Randall, and a nightmare for Russell Wilson at Lambeau Field. They won't do you no good, and I say, kiss your baby. First and goal. Rodgers, end zone, pass. Caught for the touchdown, Jordy Nelson. His second of the day. Rushing touchdown is for last week. Make it number two. What a drive for Green Bay. Start from their own 10 this time. The run of two Montgomery. Hands it around. Good move. Breaks the tackle. Spins out. Time Montgomery. Still going Montgomery into Bears territory. What a run from Montgomery. First down, and so here we go. On the carry, it's Montgomery running wild. Time Montgomery still going. What a run! 
We'll start off the half with the football. 10-10, pressure coming. Strip shot, it's on the ground. Green Bay recovers. It's the ageless Julius Peppers. You can fly, you can run. Barkley has some time. Going to fire it deep. It's high to the center. Ha ha, Clinton Dix has got it. Looking for a return. Gets a block. Reverses field that he's taken down at the 42. and 10, picking up after that first and 20 is Montgomery. A little juke, now cuts it back again. Look at Montgomery go! Tie Montgomery down to the one! What a game! We'll give it to him. Montgomery is in for the touchdown. Another blitz, it's picked up on the fires, and that's high and intercepted. Same guy, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. And the return takes it down to Bears 45. Give it to Michael. Running right, sprints through. Look at Christian Michael breaking a tackle. with that stiff arm says get off me last time now some pressure throws it deep Tony Nelson he's got it inside the 20 a bomb from Rogers to Nelson they've got to get up and spike it 20 seconds, no timeouts. Try and win the game for Green Bay. Packers win it. Some game. Packers have won four straight. They now control their own destiny in the NFC North. Here's head coach Mike McCarthy on their chances at making the playoffs. Well, control your own destiny is what you want. Um, but, you know, really, the only time I've talked about playoffs is you know, I hit them again with it, uh, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Ten wins, you know, so, and that's really all we've really focused on. Um, we, we know we're at eight. We have to get to nine. And, and obviously, Next week, I'll be answering the question the same way. So, um, just really not to be cliches, but just staying true to what's right in front of us. I like the Packers. I think the Packers are the better team. I know they're going to have to go to Detroit to, uh, to win that game. But if they do, they're going to be NFC North champions. I think they win two in a row. I think they complete uh, complete the six-game win streak to end the regular season. And I think it has them with a home game when it's all said and done because of uh, being NFC North champ. Here's Aaron Rodgers starting with the football, and it's been an incredible stretch for Aaron Rodgers, not just over this four-game winning streak. They've gone from four and six to eight and six, but he knows how to play at home in December. 
clock almost expired. Pass caught. Nelson. Jordy Nelson. Touchdown.
night to week 16 for the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are eliminated, and the Packers have won five straight. And they'll play at Detroit next week on Sunday for the NFC North. Lions have not won the division title since 93. That's the second longest current streak. The Browns have the only one that is longer. As you can see, the crowd is all revved up. So Aaron Rodgers, about, you know, six or seven weeks ago, everybody's talking about what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers. What's wrong? He's back in the MVP conversation. Clearly, 36 touchdowns, seven interceptions. If you close your eyes and put all of his numbers together, you go, that's an MVP. Yeah, if you close your eyes and put his numbers together for the last five games, you say he's the greatest player of all time. It has been remarkable what he's done. Crowd in full throat. Blitz coming. Rodgers is able to escape throw. Caught first down. Jared Cook, how in the world did he get out of there? The sudden star. Touchdown. And Rogers fires downfield and open and making the catch and getting out of bounds is Geronimo Allison working out of Illinois.
that's what you have to do sometimes as a leader. You have to exude confidence even in a situation where it seems to the outside world that confidence shouldn't exist. And that's kind of what I did. I believe in myself and my abilities, but I also believe in this team. The optimistic belief in my teammates that we were going to start handling adversity better. I knew it had to start with the offense. We needed to play better. I needed to play better. But I felt like if we could do that, it would start to give the defense some confidence. Uh, and that uh, ultimately, if we just got one, uh, if we just got that first win, that things could get rolling. All the adversity he came through, overcame 18 touchdowns, just one interception over the last seven weeks since that loss to Seattle. But let's not get it twisted. I believe Aaron Rodgers to be the greatest talent at the quarterback position I have ever seen. That's what I believe about Aaron Rodgers. He's rolling up against Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't care what anybody tells me. You're going to have to see, you have to show me that you could go on the Lambeau field and knock off Aaron Rodgers. This happened before. doesn't mean it can't happen again. But I got to see it to believe it. And I'm telling you right now, it, it, the doubt, listen, Aaron Rodgers is not to be underestimated in any way. And Utah brings extra again. They throw it to Carrington. He caught it out of the end zone. I don't know, Ted. Ooh. I think he's in. Yeah, they're going to watch. They're going to look at this again. Mark Helfrich is signaling touchdown on the sideline. He just saw the replay. After review, the receiver's foot was inbounds, and he maintained control of the ball going to the ground. The result of the play is a touchdown. Wow. From my beloved Packers, who actually did something last season, to the Oregon Ducks. Uh, four and eight, got, just fell apart last year. Coach gets fired, we pick up a new coach, recruiting's improved, we pick up a coach from Alabama who was one of the major <clears throat> recruiting guys down there, and that's improved us tenfold. We've been picking up people left and right, um, that probably would never come to Oregon. Uh, these are southern boys, uh, we just picked a couple people off LSU yesterday, so, for the 2018 uh, class, but uh, Anthlon uh, prediction 2017 duck review and prediction. 
Uh, Oregon is an uncharted territory as the Ducks are coming off a 4-8 and eight record, the worst since 1991. Not surprisingly, head coach Mark Helfrich was fired. And while many applaud the hire of Willie Taggart, his tenure in Eugene got off to a rocky start. But the hope is there will be more growing pains off the field than on it. As Oregon is a tough task of trying to p- compete in the Pac-12 North with defending champion Washington and Stanford as well as Washington State team that appears on the rise. Taggart may be able to get the Ducks offense back to its high-flying ways, but their success in 2017 will depend on what defensive coordinator Jim Levitt is able to do with a unit that finished near the bottom of FBS ranks in total and in scoring defense. We're talking the bottom of everybody, not just the Pac-12. Coming off a 4-8 and eight season that participate, precipitated a coaching chain, Oregon has plenty of question marks entering 2017. The ability to score points, points won't be one of them. The Ducks return quarterback Justin Herbert, who took over the starting job in the midst of his true freshman season and has all the tools to be a star. Senior running back Royce Freeman already is a star. Royce Freeman is the bomb. I'm actually wearing a Royce Freeman jersey doing this podcast with puddles on the sleeve. The nice apple green one. Oh my gosh. Just beautiful. Though a 945-yard junior season and the hiring of enthusiastic coach Willie Tager convinced him to stay in school one more year. Backup tailback Tony Brooke James is a star, a track star who averaged 7.6 yards on his way to 771 as a sophomore. The loss of the team's top three tight ends is a problem. But offensive line that started four redshirt freshmen in 2016 is a year older and talented tackle Tyrell Crosby should be back from a foot injury and added to the mix. Charles Nelson provides talent and experience at receiver, but the Ducks will miss the game-breaking speed of Devon Allen, the Olympic hurdler who gave up football to concentrate on tra- track after two knee injuries in the last two years, and Darren Carrington, who is now playing for Utah because he was dismissed, he can be picked up by any team, so he can play this year. We'll be playing him, which is not going to be good. The defense, and they show a picture of the Pac-12 with him, uh, doggone the running back, Royce Freeman, on the cover. It. Um, a defensive line that's not long ago produced first-round draft picks, Arik Armstead and DeForest Buckner suddenly lacked star power in 2016. That changed this spring when Scott Pagano announced he would leave Clemson as a graduate transfer and enroll in Oregon. Other than convincing Freeman to remain in school, that was Taggart's most important recruiting job of last year. After a year in Brady Hoke's 4-3, the Ducks moved back to a three-man front under new coordinator Jim Levitt, who dramatically remade Colorado's defense the past two seasons. Levitt moved sophomore Troy Dye off the edge to weak inside linebacker spot. We'll have more room to roam. The lack of other impact veterans was reflected in a spring depth chart that often included three freshmen, cornerback Thomas Graham, nose tackle Jordan Scott, and strong safety Brady Breeze with the first unit. Specialist, Adrian Schneider is an all-conference caliber place kicker, although his range doesn't extend beyond 45. Punter Ian Wheeler opted not to return for a senior season, although Oregon could stand and improve in that area anyway. The Ducks are never lacking for speedy candidates to return kicks and punts, and they added another one in the spring with enrolling Darian McNeil. Final analysis. In 2016, Oregon's offense slipped from elite to merely good. 
They were 27th naturally in scoring, 35.4 points per game. 18th with 6.6 yards per play. Being very good on offense, didn't get it done, given that Oregon was absolutely dreadful on defense, finishing 126th in the nation. With Herbert, Freeman, Nelson, and all the experience back on the offensive line, the Ducks figured to have even more explosive in Taggart's Gulf Coast offense, which was fourth national last season at South Florida and scoring 43.8 points per game and 7.2 yards per play, which was six. But will the Ducks be demonstrably better on defense? The good news is Oregon also returns the host players on that side of the ball. Uh, two... The bad news is those players were woefully ineffective last season. Levitt might be one of the best in the country. The Ducks are paying him to be at more than $1 million per season, but he may need another year to coach up the veterans or recruit more talent before the Oregon is back to competing for championship. National ranking is 21, they believe, third in the Pac-12 North. Um, Bleacher Report is putting him at 9-3, and 6-3 three, and three in the Pac-12. The offense will be loaded. And the defense only lost a couple of contributors. Oregon could be headed for a bounce back here in a big way, particularly since Herbert is locked in at quarterback. However, we need to temper defense expectations. Yes, nearly everyone is back with a new coordinator, but this unit isn't going from good to great. The Ducks must focus on progressing from bad to tolerable first. The national odds that they have, um, <clears throat> it's the usual suspects. Crimson Tide are five and two, Buckeyes three and one, Trojans seven and one, Florida State eight and one, Sooners fifteen to one, LSU fifteen to one, Penn State Huskies are twenty to one, uh, other Pac twelve teams in here in front of the Ducks. Stanford sixty to one, Bruins eighty to one, Washington State a hundred to one. Ducks 100 to 1. Now, if you understand that for the North, that means that Washington State, Stanford, and the Huskies are all above the Ducks. Um, their schedule really isn't super bad. I mean, they, I think for some reason we've scheduled some really shitty teams to play, but, um, they start with Southern Utah. The first real game, is Nebraska at home, and that'll be interesting because uh, the first year we played them, we lost, and that was kind of the beginning of the end, kind of. I mean, let's be honest, that's when the wheels start falling the fuck off. But we had to play at Wyoming, and Wyoming's a lot better than people think they are. So I think those two games will tell us where we're at. Um, we're at Arizona State. We have Cal and Washington State at home at Stanford, at USCLA. The Darren Carrington game will be at home at the Huskies and have Arizona at home and Oregon State at home. Um, I'm seeing us losing at Nebraska, losing at Washington State, losing Stanford, losing Utah, and losing Washington. I think we're going to go seven and five. That's my guess. Seven and five for the Ducks this year, which will be improvement over four and eight. Um, and the wool, the, you know, the pool in weed eater toilet bowl is where we'll end up. And I think next year will be the year, in my opinion, that the Ducks will start making some noise. Um, I think they'll actually 
start doing something next year. I do, the recruiting class is so much better than what it was. Um, Halfrick was a good coach. I just think he was too cool for school, you know. <clears throat> he was trying to be friend, you know, friends with people. And in the end, you, you can't be friends. Uh, they needed some structure when they, the wheels start falling off, um, the season before. And, you know, and remember we did two years in a row pulling a transfer in. Transfer quarterback. The first year it went pretty good with whatever the fuck his name is. We did nine and three. Last year that kid was way out of his depth. Got benched. They put a freshman in just to try to get some seasoning and, you know, you get what you get. I don't think it's offense. It'll never be offense in Oregon. Oregon's got some incredible talent, some serious depth at running back, wide receiver, et cetera, et cetera. It's just defense. Um, those two national championships, I think we got jobbed at Auburn. I'll always think we got jobbed. I think that guy was down. Um, but we should have beat Ohio State. We just didn't have a defense. We just didn't have a defense. Had Mariota not have a hurt knee and they had to kind of restrict the offense, we should have won that game. They would have ground us down. They would have ran, but we would have won it. But it was just, the defense is fucking horrible. We've just never had a good defense. So my my hope is the Alabama coach addition, um, really working on a different look of recruiting, actually pulling in people who would have gone to the SEC, you know. That's going to be a big change to what Oregon does. Um, they're going to start recruiting in areas that they've never been able to recruit in. And he's already done it. I mean, he's already pulled in some kids and stole them, like I said, from LSU. Stole some kids from Alabama. Stole some kids from Florida State because Taggart's, you know, a Florida guy. Um, it's been pretty impressive, the people that he's pulled in. They're not people we would have gotten before with Helfrick. Sorry, I had to take a drink. Um, so I, you know, I think in the next couple years, the Ducks are going to be awesome. Um, they're going to be a much better team, but this isn't the year. So my guess is seven and five. Here is a, uh, Bleacher Report. I believe it's Bleacher Report. Um, prediction audio bite. Alright, 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 welcome back everybody to Sports Chat 503. Oh man, thank you guys very much for joining me. First time, long time. Either way, I appreciate it. Coming to you live from Portland, Oregon. I try to break it all down here. People from college, the pros, everywhere in between, a little MMA on the side. This one is talking about the duck schedule. The duck schedule just came out today. This used to be, last five, six, seven years, a huge day for us. I'm a season ticket holder. The rest of my family is as well. We love this date. Get to see who we're playing, when we're playing them. The home games this year, we're super excited about them. Get seven of them. Big deal this year for 2017. I have a whole new coaching staff. Brand new era has begun at Autzen. So, right down to it. Let's get started. We start off on September 2nd, Southern Utah. If you can't win... The games you're supposed to win in this schedule this year, we're in real trouble. 
Ducks have to win this one. Now, I'm going to go kind of some early projections, what I think, but obviously we don't know. This is a whole way out. We're months and months and months and months away, right? So let's just chat about this one. Southern Utah, they'll come up here. They'll get their check. Hopefully, they'll get run out of the building somewhat early on to give these fans at Oregon a real taste of what we want to see in the future, which is points on the scoreboard and W's in the win column. Nebraska's the big one. We all know this. We knew this last year. The amount of respect I have for the Nebraska, the Nebraska program is absolutely at the utmost. In my opinion, Nebraska's one of the absolute blue bloods. You can never take it away from them. I don't care if they've been bad for 10 years or 12, 15, 20 years. I don't care. The Tom Osborne era of Nebraska will go down in history just like the Bobby Bowden era at Florida State, just like the Joe Paterno era at Penn State. The list goes on and on and on and on. The, Nebraska is one hell of a program. And to have Mike Riley be the head of that program is very, very interesting. His unique situation with Oregon, the relationship there, and then his level of success at Oregon State, his level of success in the pros goes back to Oregon State. The Oregon connection for the U of O is very important with Mike Riley. I wish the guy all the success in the world. His first year out there is totally snake-bitten. Multiple games losing by like three points, one point, kickoffs at the end of the game, weird stuff, plays that shouldn't have happened, flags that should have been called, whatever. Nebraska had their fair share. Still got to go to a bowl that year, win the bowl. That was a big one against UCLA, right, Foster Farms? That was a big one. Then they come into last year's season and absolutely have the best season that you've had there for a while. You didn't end it the way you wanted to at Nebraska, but man, there was a time when you're top 15, cracking the top 10 in the conversation of who's the best team in the Big Ten, win the Big Ten's the best conference in football. Okay, not much more you can say. They literally, literally have to beat Nebraska this year. The Ducks. I'm switching gears. Nebraska comes to Autzen. This has to happen for the Ducks. If the Ducks lose to Nebraska, it's going to be a real rebuilding to get back into that national spotlight. If they beat Nebraska and have two wins in the win column, going to Wyoming, things are going to be awesome. If we lose to Nebraska, I think we might lose at Wyoming. And then it would just be chaos. Again, right back to where we were last year. I don't see it happening. I see Nebraska in a state of transition. Yes, they're in the fruitful Big Ten, the Midwest. They've got enough beef on the front line to freaking mow over half schools in the country. But I think Oregon has a unique, unique team next year. They've got just enough of the pieces coming back off this team last year that was snake-bitten, just like that Nebraska team the year before. Not as bad. Our Oregon was much worse than Nebraska. The wheels fell off at Oregon. But talking about the Nebraska game, I think Nebraska takes a step back from where they were last year, and obviously I think Oregon takes a big step ahead. I think Oregon gets back in the top 25, and I don't know if Nebraska is able to stay in the top 25, 
by halfway through the year. I'm not. I'm just saying. I don't know. I definitely think Nebraska is going to start the year in the top 25. When this game happens, I bet they're even top 15, 17, 20. Going to Wyoming is difficult. Wyoming had a great year. They went to a bowl game. They had a great year. Wyoming is a tough place to play. Third week of the year. It's a little trap game. Before the Pac-12 schedule, there's been a history of Oregon playing a little wishy-washy in that third game. Even if it's a lower opponent, not really playing up to expectations. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it's a 3-0 and schedule. And that would be freaking amazing. Going into the Pac-12 schedule undefeated. Something we haven't been able to do for a while. The Southern Utah game is automatic. This Nebraska game, I think, is a coin flip. And Wyoming, hopefully, if you beat Nebraska, is a victory. If you lose to Nebraska, it's or, it's a serious question mark. Now, let's go through. We already knew those were on the schedule. I could have done that video months ago. But this is what we get. We get ASU at ASU to start the season. You know it's going to be a night game. They never play them day games there, especially in September. So that's a 7.30 start, I can probably tell you right off the jump. ASU had a tough year this year. But they had a lot of injuries. They will return. It's the biggest school in the country, population-wise. ASU has the population to do it. ASU every year is the little train that maybe could. <laughs> right? Maybe. This year, I don't see ASU being as bad as they were last year. Just like Oregon. This is a game that ASU is going to want just as much as Oregon. This is going to be a freaking hell of a game to start the year. ASU is coming off a real bad year with injuries, snake bit, but their coach is on a hot seat, and this guy is going to want to win this game. Home game to open the schedule for them, huge. I can't say I think Oregon's going to win that game. The way Oregon played Arizona State this year, I want to say Oregon's going to win that game. But I don't know what this next year's Oregon team is going to look like. Right now, if I say they beat the first three teams, you go to Arizona, you get your first test. And Arizona State gives you real close to the end. The last three or four years, Oregon and Arizona State have played very, very, very close games. I don't see this one being any different. At this point, I can't tell you who's going to win. Cal. At home. September 30th. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something for Coach Greatwood. Coach Greatwood's going to be on the sideline. My seats are right behind the Cal bench or the every visiting bench. Greatwood was such an amazing guy. Eugene resident, high school kid, comes to the university, does his whole tour for the most part, except for a little bit when he went with Brooks and then came back into the play, UCLA or whatever. Great coach, Justin Wilcox year older than me, Johnson, this guy, one of the absolute legacies, okay, uh, Junction City, family there, Dave Wilcox, dad, Josh Wilcox, brother, all played there, phenomenal athletes, he now gets his shot to be a head coach at Cal, which I think is one of the best jobs in our conference. Great facilities, brand new, brand new, old stadium. Check that. They gutted the whole stadium, put all the weight room, all the offices, everything in the stadium. It was filled with dirt before, from 1920. Sweet. You're in the Bay Area. You're in Berkeley. You don't get much better than that, man. 
I think Oregon beats Cal because it's at Oregon. I think that Oregon gets Cal. I don't know what Cal is going to do transition-wise. Cal better stiffen up their defense. Justin Wilcox, defensive-minded guy. Oregon better step up their defense. Jeez. To hang with anybody. Oregon should have beat Cal last year if it wasn't for an interception. They didn't because of the interception, so tips half to Cal. I think Cal gets beat in this game. So, I can't really tell you the Arizona State game, even though I think Oregon can win that game. I think Cal is for real and will start to come back. I think Oregon beats Cal. The next week is Washington State. The freaking Cougs, every year, have made it ugly for Oregon. For years now. Even when we used to play them in Seattle, they played us real tough. Five, almost ten years ago now. Washington State returns the quarterback, has their whole system in play. They were last year the best, or second best, third best team in our conference. Uh, northern half of the conference. I don't know if we beat Washington State this year. I hope to God we do, but I think Washington State might be the first loss on this schedule. I hope it's not. Having them in Eugene helps. Not going up there is a big deal. But the way we played up there last year was horrendous. If we can't clear up the backfield on our side, defensive backs, and don't get any pressure on the quarterback, they win. If we can put some pressure on the quarterback and stop their run, having Joe Salavea may help. But I'm just saying, I think Washington State's here. and Not here to stay, but they're in their little run and they're at the top of their apex right now. Next week is Stanford. At Stanford, I don't think the Ducks beat Stanford. Now, right now, I say that. Going into the season, maybe I will. Of course, green and yellow glasses, I'll be all fired up. I think we can beat everybody. I think this is a loss. Stanford, great recruiting class this year. Every year they've got a good recruiting class. This year they had a down year and won 10 games. They're a machine. They're a machine. They're bringing in one of the best quarterbacks in the country as a true freshman next year. They're bringing in the second best player in the whole recruiting class as an offensive lineman. They're bringing two other offensive linemen that are just studs. Stanford's awesome. And you got to give respect where respect is due. And David Shaw earns that respect. So I think Stanford gets Oregon on that one. Here's the key. UCLA at Los Angeles. In the Rose Bowl, the Ducks play well against UCLA. We've got LA kids. We don't have to play USC next year. USC is going to be awesome. Possibly undefeated awesome. Possibly national championship game awesome. UCLA is not. <laughs> and Oregon gets to play UCLA. Jim Moore is the coach who's probably going to get fired next year. If UCLA comes in the way they did this year, he's done. He's the biggest hot seat coming into the season. This is going to be a game to circle. I think Oregon goes down to UCLA and rolls. I, I, I don't think UCLA... I don't think UCLA is there. I think UCLA takes a step backward next year. It gets even worse. UCLA was a bigger drop-off than Oregon was, it felt like, this year. Uh, even though Oregon was just completely wheels fell off, UCLA had huge aspirations last year. Nothing. After a little bit of time on the UCLA thing, we'll talk about the last part of the schedule. The last part of the schedule, the last four games, make or break for the schedule. I think you go two and two the last four games. And here's how this goes. Utah is Halloween weekend. And you get to play Utah in Eugene. You beat Utah on a freak 
pass last year. You were in the game the whole time. You were really playing well. It wasn't like you, you barely won the game. But I think Utah is going to really come to play next year in our building. They beat us two years ago in our building handily. This is going toward the end of the year. This could be an ugly game. I think right now it's close to pick them. But in my mind, Utah beats Oregon right now. And just in my mind. That's going to be difficult to beat Utah two years in a row, I feel like. They're a really good team. Okay? Don't have to play Colorado next year. Another benefit. But I think the Utah thing is going to be difficult. Then we go up to Seattle. I think we're going to lose to the Huskies in Seattle. I want to go to that game. I'm planning on going to that game. Uh, but I feel like that's going to be a tough one. Uh, they've got pretty much the whole thing coming back, except for some of their skill guys. I really like John Ross. I thought he was one of the best players in the league last year. He's gone. Um, some of their defensive linemen are gone that were just awesome. But they'll rebuild. They've got a great recruiting class coming in. They're fine. I don't know if they're going to have the year they had last year. I think they might take a step back. I think that USC is going to be this, the conference champion. Uh, whether or not Washington can have the year they had like they had last year, that'd be great if they did. But I don't think that they beat Oregon 70-21 like they did last year. But I do think they beat Oregon up in Seattle. Now, maybe we don't. We, this is happening. The, the Washington game is happening this year later than it did last year. Usually we play Washington in October. This year we're playing them in November. That could change. Oregon could have a much better team at the end of the year than than Washington. I don't know. But this last year, Washington is crushed. So why would you say that Oregon could beat Washington next year? The last two games of the year are Arizona in Eugene and the Civil War in Eugene. I think the Ducks win both those games. I know the Bees won last year. That was in Corvallis. The weather was definitely played a part. I know both teams played in the weather, but Wrecking Knoll loved the rain. I was in the stadium, I know. Oregon did not score in the fourth quarter. If Oregon scores in the fourth quarter, that game goes to overtime. It's close. It's not like Oregon State's that much better. I'm skipping over Arizona because Arizona was the worst team in the league last year. I think Rich Rod gets fired next year. I don't think they rebound. I think he's done, and I think Arizona is taking another step back. They're going to be the worst team in the league next year again, I think. Oregon State, I do not see getting that much better next year. I do think they will improve because they are steadily improving every year. But I don't see them improving by like four wins. I didn't see them improving by like one or two wins. I don't know if they go to a bowl next year. But I think they're in that five win to six win window. I would love to see the Beavs get back on track and get back to competitive because in my mind, the Civil War, I always want to be the biggest game every year. I want the Beavs to be awesome. I want the Ducks to be awesome and us to meet in that game and have it really matter. This last year absolutely sucked. I've been going to Civil Wars my whole life and this one was one of the worst. It was just dreadful. Arizona... Oregon State both went out to end the year, and I think the Ducks can really rebound this thing and get back to a bowl. I said it at the end of last year. If Willie Taggart's first year can be something around seven wins, he's made a great, great first year. I don't think you should be expecting nine wins, but if I played everything out the way I think it's going to play out, if Oregon wins early against Nebraska... I think you might get like eight wins, which would be freaking gigantic. Go to a bowl, maybe get your ninth win. But 
you got to get through a really tough north. Washington's awesome. Stanford's awesome. You don't get to play USC, which helps. You don't have to play Colorado, which helps. But Utah's still good, and the Beavs are getting better. Okay. Okay, a lot less fun stuff with the Ducks. But here is a montage of stuff I found um, online when I was searching for sound bites of, you know, I, I wanted to get that Utah play because that was like the only game I watched and it was really exciting because, you know, we were getting our ass kicked and we came back and we won it and we weren't supposed to win and it was a shit season and I knew we weren't going to a bowl and I was really depressed and I hadn't worn my jersey in a while and I was having a breakdown. So here's a couple uh sound bites from YouTube, of course, of silly duck ramps. positive thing is both my teams wear green and yellow but those that have followed the show i mean good lord all i ever say is some of the duck colors are just insane i don't ever remember you know gray black all the crazy stuff that we literally wear sometimes, and I, my worst one, the, the one I couldn't stand the worst, I mean, just the worst was the highlighter yellow. I mean, although, you know, it, it seemed to be really popular with people, and I got to admit, we, we won some big games wearing that doggone highlighter yellow jersey. We, we beat some really good teams. Um, so... This wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends that are 
Packer and Duck fans, and send comments by email and F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com, foppodcast at gmail.com. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Make sure you check out the Flyover Politic webpage at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Foppodcast.com. It's a theme. You can find feeds of the show there, links to our Facebook page, and the email list. You'll also see links to every episode on the episode page and my blog on the blog page. Gonna be going back to politics on Tuesday, August 1st. Wife's on the road, so Tuesday morning I'll wake up and do a podcast. I hope you enjoyed a football review show. It's a little bit different than I usually do. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'll be talking to you Tuesday, and we'll close this show with something that's pretty apropos. The Bears still suck. Thanks for listening, friends. How many times must we take this disgrace? Another Bears fan throwing insults in our face. The Packers are the greatest team to ever play the game. Even if from time to time they've been a little lame How could you ever love a team with Jim McMahon? Not even Porky Pig was as big a ham They got a reputation that's mostly based on luck The Bears still suck 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 They really, 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 really suck Yes, the Bears still suck. If you drive to Soldier Field, they make you pay a toll. For cripes sake, they only won one lousy Super Bowl. They make fun of Wisconsin, but we don't get upset. Where do you think that they're all headed every chance they get? We don't really hold a grudge, cause this is all in fun. As far as football rivalries, we're both number one. Still, we wouldn't mind seeing Ditka run over by a truck, cause the Bears still suck. 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 Really, 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 really suck. Yes, the bears still suck. All the ladies now. Yes, the